Staring outside, and I say, Why worry? Hello, everyone. I've got an episode for you that took a turn on me while I was doing some research, but I think you'll agree that what I talk about ends up pretty darn relevant right now. Welcome to STEM Punks. STEM Punks is a bi monthly podcast intended to bring science, technology, engineering, straight to your ears from our STEM Punk studio. Hang on, we'll take you for a ride that includes a whole lot of fun and a little bit of education on the side. Stay tuned. Nice to be in orbit. <laughs> Welcome to the STEM Punks Podcast. My name is Joe Garut, and I will be your host. And with me, as always, is my buddy, Stembot. Hello, Stembot. Hello, Joe. Stembot, I could almost hear you laughing at me earlier when I was chasing down the information for this episode. Oh, Joe, that wasn't laughter. That was your hard drive spinning up and spinning down as you kept searching websites and watching informational videos. You really need to update to a solid-state drive. Well, you're right about that, for sure. And as it turns out, keeping updated is kind of the topic of this podcast, or at least what it's become. You know, I set out to find data and stories to go with a post I saw about the blue skies over Beijing, China, as a result of the COVID-19 lockdowns over there. I had also seen that The canals in Venice were running clear due to reduced boat traffic. You know, and that makes sense. But on top of that lack of turbidity in the water, there were also posts about dolphins and swans returning to the canals. That seemed awesome too. But then, as I continued to look for more data to report on these really cool and positive planetary things, I began to find that they were not 100% accurate. In fact, some weren't accurate at all. And that's when the topic of this podcast began to blur or morph or actually it kind of went away. But then my co-producer, Michael Friend, got on the phone with me. We chatted about the link to a page on the Copernicus Atmosphere Monitoring Service website. Say that five times fast. The title of the article was enough to shoot down my hopes, but reading the article definitely put the nail in the coffin. The article was titled, Flawed Estimates of the Effects of Lockdown Measures on Air Quality from Satellite Observations. Well, it was dated today, 26 March 2020, and I mean, what a bummer, man. I thought I had good data, I I had a plan. I was going to talk about how just shutting down the transportation for a city like Beijing or like places in Italy had such a quick effect positively on nitrogen emissions. Well, all output from vehicles, really. And, and that it could be an example to all of us about how we could treat the planet better. And while that's still partially true, the website shot down what I had planned to use for my data. You see, reading the article indicated that the real science of it is something that would have to be observed for a much longer period of time and that there were many factors involved that could make it appear as though the situation is much better than it might actually be. And before we move completely off the topic, 
the conditions there certainly must have improved. I mean, because the pollutants from the vehicles were not going into the atmosphere. That would indisputably make a difference in the local air quality. Now, how big an effect? Well, that's yet to be determined. And, of course, if we just snap right back to life as usual, then this little blip in time won't make a darn bit of difference. What did all the searching and my time on the internet looking for these things result in? Well, for one thing, as I looked around at not only this topic, but the false information about swans and dolphins returning to the Venice canals, I became distracted down rabbit hole after rabbit hole by various articles and posts. And I mean, the one thing that came up as, as a common thing for almost every article of any kind that I looked at was that it was either bad information or it had bad information in it. You know, partial truths, mixed truths, all of that. Now, whether it was a proposal from our current president about the term limits in Congress or a fake letter supposedly from Bill Gates, which I'll get to a little bit more, um, which, which, by the way, it gave some wonderful thoughts. I mean, this, this supposed letter. Um, I'll, I'll read you some by the time we get to the end. And yet the information itself wasn't accurate. You know, we hear all the time that we need to check our sources when we see something online. We're in an information age that makes news accessible within hours or, or minutes sometimes. But we really are in an era where either someone with nefarious intentions wants you to post something so they have an avenue into your account or your computer or something, or somebody wants to be the first to post some information to increase the number of likes they have on their page, which, which actually that happened. A woman who posted the dolphins and swans in Venice said she didn't really want to take it down because she never had a post that had as many likes as that one. Now, we're all products of our makeup. And that natural hit of dopamine in our brain that we get from seeing a bunch of likes or comments on a post is addictive. It's as addictive as any recreational drug. You just have to see how your post is doing sometimes. I fall victim to it. I admit it. I'm not above that. I try not to, <laughs> but I do fall victim. Now, I know you're familiar with all of that, so I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to move on. I want to get to another topic that came up in my research. Uh, I landed on info about where the COVID-19 strain came from. Joe, it seems to have originated in China, in the city of Wuhan. The first known source seems to be a wet market. No, not that it came from China. I mean, thank you, Stembod, but we know that. Uh, let's talk about that wet market for a second and how that factored into everything. You see, coronaviruses are a large family of viruses, some causing respiratory illness in people and, and others circulate among animals. Now, rarely animal coronaviruses can evolve and infect people. It just doesn't work that way very often. Now, we saw some spread much like this with the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, or SARS, and the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS. Both of those diseases were something that came from a situation similar to this. And I don't want to go too far down that path. That's not what this podcast is about. And, and so that it doesn't get too lengthy in another way, let me just help you out with what a wet market is. A wet market is a place where animals and produce are sold. And it's kind of like what we would think of as a farmer's market. At least that's the way I would think of it. But it contains animals of all sorts, fish, birds, badgers, 
turtles, tigers, and importantly in this case, bats and pangolins, which they think may have been the progression bat to pangolin to human. Now, don't quote me on this. Don't flame me for saying the wrong thing. That's just my understanding from what I did find. And by the way, a pangolin is kind of like a scaly anteater. They're a pretty cool looking creature if you're into animals. But anyway, you get the idea. Now, I want you to know this next part is a little bit graphic. You see, when the term wet is used, it is pretty accurate. Even though it started out to indicate that the floors were wet because there was ice to keep products cold, it really has turned into something that when we look at it today, at least as it's been reported online, it's water, it's fluids from, you know, mostly animals, and they run freely and they're everywhere. So it really is a wet market. And that is precisely how a virus from an animal makes its way to the humans. The conditions are horrid for the animals. The cages are stacked one on the other with no floors, you know, stuff drips, you get the idea. A version of the wet markets originally emerged as a way for the poor to have a livelihood after tough economic times. Yes, Stembot, I read that too, but as I've seen with so many industries, somebody realizes the economic potential and swoops in to make a bunch of money. Now, in this case, it was the government. They started regulating things and wanted their piece of the pie. So, you know, eventually rare and endangered animals were being sold to the richest of the rich for aphrodisiacs and medical cures that I saw one Chinese doctor say had no basis in medical science, and yet they continued. And the markets became crowded and lacked precautionary hygiene measures. And anyway, you get the idea. That situation in that market is what led to the virus moving to a human in the first place. Now let's move on. I can't let the topic that inspired this episode go completely because it's dear to me. So I want to come back around to the benefits our planet may be receiving during our current reduced travel period. While the information that I saw indicated that more time was needed to measure the results of the lockdowns or the self-isolation or self-quarantine or shelter-in-place or whatever it's called in each particular instance, I, I do want to share that I saw information while I was searching about the ozone layer, or rather the hole in the ozone layer, and I want to use that as an example of how we impact our world, so stay with me through this here. If you're old enough, you'll remember that in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of discussion about CFCs used in spray cans as propellants for hairspray and the like. And we were told that due to the use of CFCs, we were creating a hole in the ozone layer. And the ozone layer exists far above us in the stratosphere, which is, you know, the, the level just above where commercial airlines fly. It protects us from the UVA and the UVB radiation from the sun, so we need it. Now, the hole was being caused by our use of CFCs. So, finally, we got wise as a planet, and CFCs were phased out. You see, thanks to the 1987 Montreal Protocol, which was an international treaty signed by 197 countries, we were able to phase out CFCs entirely. It is the first treaty in the history of the United Nations to achieve universal ratification. Now, roughly 33 years later, we are seeing evidence that the hole in the ozone layer is finally closing. 
Now that's what can happen if we all get on board for change. Now if we correlate the two, CFCs and the ozone layer then to methane, nitrogen, and carbon dioxide gases causing global warming now, we can see that if we wise up now like we did then, we will see a change. But the really, really important thing is we don't have 33 years to wait for a result. We have a much more dire situation now. Man, we definitely don't have 33 years to wait. You know, as I reflect on what COVID-19 is teaching us, like, hey, how about you treat the planet better? <laughs> I'll go back to the so-called Bill Gates letter that I mentioned before. Uh, Stembot, will you please put a link to that in the show notes, that letter? Sure, Joe. I've already put links to the other sites you have mentioned. Oh, <laughs> thanks, buddy. Uh, you know, I sure am grateful for you. Joe, while I cannot feel gratitude, my processes indicate that I am positively affected by your presence. That computes as something close to gratitude. <laughs> thanks, pal. I'll consider it the same thing. So... I just want to finish with a few things that were written by whomever uh, in that letter because the message is the important thing here, uh, to me, anyway. So here's what the COVID-19 situation may offer as lessons. It's reminding us that we can be patient or that we can panic. You know, I, I think that being patient trying to do the best we can to stay in, see what the results are going to be from the testing that is going on at numerous medical facilities to try and find um, vaccinations and cures. It's a much better way to go than panicking, you know, buying all the toilet paper. Yes, you've read and heard about that. I'm experiencing it. You know, we didn't hoard anything. And I mean, for a week and a half now, as we began looking for an opportunity to restock, the shelves are still bare. No toilet paper. Um, you know, the, the, the situation is also reminding us, reminding us of how important our family and home life is and how much, in general, it gets neglected for climbing the corporate ladder, doing other things. This gives us the opportunity to, to come back home and be close to family and, and look at that family dynamic and realize how important it is. I'm grateful for that. It's reminding us that we are all connected and something that affects one person has an effect on the other. I mean, the virus travels. It's definitely having an effect. What we're doing on the planet is definitely affecting everybody else on the planet. When Beijing stops all of its transportation for a while, the skies do change. Um, how much, we don't know yet, but there is a change. Italy, they're seeing the same things there. We affect each other in big ways and in small ones. This COVID-19 thing is reminding us that we are all equal. Regardless of our culture, religion, occupation, financial situation, how famous we are, the disease treats us all equally. Maybe we should do that too. And finally, it's reminding us that this earth is sick. We have a situation. <laughs> Global warming is a thing. 
And if we don't do something about it, we are going to suffer the consequences together. So let's finish on a positive note. What can we learn from this? That we have an opportunity to take these lessons and do something about it. Let's not snap back immediately to some of the old habits that we had. Let's stay in touch with our family. Let's focus on the planet a little bit more. Let's carpool and drive less and think electric and all of those things that can make a difference in our long-term planetary health. We have begun to solve the ozone hole problem. Let's focus on climate change. All right, that's enough for all that. Thank you so much for listening to the STEM Punks podcast. It's time to say goodbye, STEMBot. Goodbye, STEMBot. Thank you for listening to the STEM Punks podcast. STEM Punks is brought to you by Cottywample Creative. A Cottywample is a purposeful journey towards a vague destination. There's nothing vague about the art they create. Check them out at cottywamplecreative.com. Links in the show notes. And also, thanks to our patrons on Patreon. We couldn't do it without you, and we thank you so much for supporting the show. You can find out more about Stempunks and all their projects at stempunks.com. S-T-E-M-P-U-N-X.com. This week, we had a special guest for our intro and outro music, Rachel Moore Beitler. You'll find links in the show notes for her SoundCloud page. I'm just trying to find out how to hold it. I'm just trying to find out how to be. The sun will rise and still I find I don't know a thing or so it seems.